Hey this is Kiran Nagrat from the Sparkling Entrepreneur show and today we have Kevin Shelady with us. Kevin has got over 7 years of experience in real estate and 14 years of experience in hospitality industry making him a complete realtor. Kevin is a certified negotiation expert and has got hundreds of five star reviews online. With that said, let's welcome our today's guest Kevin Shelady. Kevin welcome to the show. Kevin thank you for having me my friend I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show. With that said, let's begin with the first question. Kevin, please tell us something interesting about you that most people tend to don't know. Something interesting about me that most people don't know is I had an amazing experience when I was uh, between high school and college. I had a year to take off, and I was a rotor exchange student to Pirapora, Minas Gerais, in Brazil. And I didn't speak a lick of Portuguese before I got down there. And then after about a year's time of being down there, through tremendous patience from my host families and my friends and everybody that I knew, I was able to pick up Portuguese, and I still can speak it okay uh, today. Okay. So, if you have any Portuguese clients coming your way, can you take care of them? <laughs> yes. Yes. Any Brazilians? I would love to work with Brazilians in Denver, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. So good to know that. Uh, so now tell us about the entrepreneurial bug. How did you catch the entrepreneurial bug? You were in hospitality industry for like fourteen years. Uh, what changed your mind and made you an entrepreneur today? Essentially, I've 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 kind of always been an entrepreneur. I'm sure you hear that quite often from uh, other entrepreneurs. It's always been something. My mind doesn't stop when I um, as I look through the world. I remember when I was in sixth grade, we had an invention competition uh, for my school, and I remember being so frustrated. I know this is very silly, but I was so frustrated with a tray of ice cubes. And when you would crack the tray of ice cubes, how I couldn't pick out the ice cubes, and I'd try and you know flip it up and then grab one really fast. And I thought that, that was so silly and so stupid. And so in sixth grade, when I was what is that, eleven or twelve years old? I decided to cut off the bottom of the tray and glue uh, a balloon onto the bottom of the ice cube tray so that it would freeze and then I could just push up on the bottom and pick up the ice cube. So I, did, I entered it into a contest and I won second place. And then when I moved to Denver, the funniest thing, I was at a store and I saw my invention for sale on a rack. And I was like, I wish I'd have. I wish I'd have continued. I wish I would have taken it. And um, and so at that point, I really, uh, I, I really realized that the ideas that were flowing through my head were were viable, and I should do something with them. And so I worked with a colleague of mine to help patent an invention that I was working on. I took it to market. It did fine. It just paid paid for how much it cost me. And that was really kind of the start of a career in entrepreneurship and going switch into a 1099 instead of a W2 position. Okay. And uh, when you were in the middle of the story, when you said that you sticked up the balloons in the bottom, I was like, did it work? And when you said that <laughs> you got the second prize, <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it did. It was, it was a silly, silly little invention of a 12 year old kid, but uh, gosh, you know, and, and that's why I tell lots of, lots of little kids. I was like, if you have ideas, run with it like put it into actions just because you might think differently go with that feeling and don't let anybody tell you that that's a silly idea because you're probably just ahead of your time sure thing sure thing and have you ever thought of going back to the like uh, entrepreneurship in a way 
wherein you uh, go to venture capitalists and see you raise rounds so have you thought of that or uh, is it going to be real estate from now on what i want to look back on my life and i what i want my son to tell people is that his dad was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. but he did real estate in order to pay the bills mm-hmm. so i i want i want him to say that when i look at my dad he was a handyman that's mm-hmm. that's what he was and that's what he is he's a handyman he loves to fix things but he was an attorney and a judge to pay the bills mm-hmm. and so that's i i love thinking of ideas i love working with people of collaborating in order to come up with new and different ways of doing things and improving uh life for people in in sometimes small ways and sometimes big ways so i absolutely want to continue inventing and and exploring and 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 working on new businesses with vcs or with whomever else but i will do real estate in order to pay the bills got it got it understood uh so with that said let's move on to the next question this is related to real estate please tell us mm-hmm. uh what is that one most important personality trait one should have to succeed in let's say in real estate or in business in general i would say in order to succeed in real estate and succeed in business i think the one thing that you need to do this is what i tell my team when i teach them is you're going to be taught uh uh a baseline a great foundation in which to do real estate we'll teach you how to use the crm systems how to create searches how to work with sales people how to work with clients and we're going to teach you all of that but if you don't take that base knowledge and then go do something with it to take it and say that i'm not just going to rely on this but i'm going to re- i'm going to take this incredible foundation and i'm going to expand on it i'm going to put my own spin on it i'm going to try new things i'm going to uh experiment and go for it then you're just going to do fun but the ones that really i think really excel in life in entrepreneurship in business in real estate are the ones that take what they're taught they they stand on the shoulders of giants and then use their creativity and use their drive to do something new mm-hmm. so having a strong foundation with the knowledge and the wisdom and the strategies and then building up with your own skills that is what uh, that is what makes a complete entrepreneur i could i couldn't agree more honestly and you summed it up and you uh, much better than i did i went too far <laughs> um, that's exactly right if you don't do something with what you're taught if you don't do something with what you're given so many people are are in this world with such a a, a position of uh, privilege having just you know this incredible back background this incredible uh safety net behind them if you don't do something with that then um i i don't think it's i don't think it's a very exciting fun life so it's either you grow from there or you don't grow which is if your business is not growing it's dying totally true and that's hard mm-hmm. uh i experienced that a lot for myself we we talk about here at thrive how oftentimes we ramp up and then we need to plateau and celebrate that that journey of where we went and then plateau but then there's always another ramp up mm. and another plateau and we've talked about it thrive we've grown so quickly and done so incredibly well and been very very fortunate there's been very very little plateau mm. there's just been growth upon growth upon growth yes and while that's exciting and interesting and just like you said if you're not growing you're dying um i think it's also important to to plateau for a moment 
mm-hmm. take a look and be like, I accomplished that. That is something I can be proud of. Bask in that for a moment. And then get back yeah, on the horse yeah, and, yeah. and get back, back after it. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Now with that said, now tell us like what were your strategies? What were the blueprints you followed? What were the foundations that that got you successful? Like how did you manage to grow your business so far? For myself in, in real estate, it, I, I am so fortunate to have had 14 years of hospitality because it really teaches you customer service. It teaches you the ability to anticipate people's needs. And it was that foundation in hospitality that then I could parlay into a, uh, a real estate career and have it work very, very well for myself and, and I think very well for my clients as well. Um, that has been, and this is why I, I love to hire bartenders, uh, <laughs> servers, hospitality people in hotels. I was a Bellman doorman to start off my hospitality career and kind of work my way up. I love people that have customer service skills because that's what, that's what this is. That's what real estate mm, is. Yes, yes. yes, you have to know your numbers. Yes, you have to understand the rules and regulations and laws behind real estate. Mm-hmm. But it's the relationship and the customer service aspect that uh, is, is kind of impossible to teach. You have to have it. Yes, yes. So one should have at least some level of understanding of how to behave with humans. Uh, so that they have empathy and understand what the other person needs, which which uh, comes from hospitality industry. That was the solid foundation of your success. And uh, with that 14 years of experience, you are able to distribute it in a, you are able to uh, help your team members with that level of experience and knowledge. Absolutely. And it's funny, there are three or four colleagues of mine that I was in hospitality with back in Chicago that have all become real estate professionals in one way or another. And I think it just, lend, it just lends itself really, really well to this industry. And, and the great thing is, is those people are fun. Like yeah. hospitality people are fun. Bartenders, wait, waiters, <laughs> waitresses, servers, bellmen, doormen, those people are fun people. And when it comes to real estate, I think you want, I think a client really wants somebody who is authentic, Mm -hmm. somebody who is knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. somebody who is an expert in their industry. And then somebody who's fun, Mm -hmm. who wants to, who wants to spend three months looking and fighting for homes with somebody they don't trust and somebody that they don't want to really kind of go out and, and, and be with. So hospitality people, man, they're the best. So in a way, your motto should be, uh, let, let us find your dream house while having a blast. The way that we look at it is this is the biggest purchase that anybody typically makes in their life. And it's also the most personal. Mm-hmm. This is where you're going to potentially bring a child home to. This mm-hmm. is where when things are at their worst, you want to go home and you want to get on your couch and you want to cry and you want to pull a blanket over your head. This, this home is so personal and it is so expensive. It is so large that you need to have really good faith and trust in your real estate. We call ourselves real estate advisors rather than agents because we do feel that our level of service is on an an advisor level. We feel that we're advising you financially, we're advising you for real estate, we have 
legal consequences that come in. And a lot of times it becomes, oftentimes it blends itself with therapy. A lot of times we have to sit down with people and say, okay, you're thinking about this, you're thinking about this, let's get together and get on the same page so that you guys are both getting what you want. So um, yeah, I think you need to, I think you need to trust your person, your real estate agent or advisor, and then you've got to like them as well so that you can go out and, and enjoy the process because it's not easy at all and it's a fight. And um, if you don't have those two things with your real estate agent, you need to find what to do. Got it. Understood. Totally. Now, my next question is about the common difficulties that you're facing right now. And mm -hmm. how did you overcome those difficulties to grow? Absolutely. The, the market is obviously, it's, it's so obvious that that is a difficult aspect right now, um, as well as the increase in rates and the, the skyrocketing movement of rates just recently has been very, very difficult on the entire market. But in a way too, if you look at it through a different lens, it is incredibly free for a, a, an agent like myself who has been struggling for months to get these phenomenal clients of mine that have a $400,000 budget, a $500,000 budget and can't go 40, 50, 60, $80,000 over list price, as well as provide the appraisal gap funds that you have to have in order to compete in this in, mm -hmm. in the past business. Mm -hmm. So right now, my entire team and myself, we're all reaching out to all of our clients being like, yes, rates have increased. Yes, you've lost about $150,000 of purchasing power, but you don't have to go $100,000 over list price and have that huge appraisal gap. You can oftentimes get it at list price or you might even be able to negotiate, which is amazing in this market right now. So you have to understand I feel a more of a macroeconomic look of what the industry is uh, is all about. And when the news and when you're when moms and dads and uncles and aunts are all saying gloom and doom, if you just if you take all that away and you focus in on the data that is available that tells the real story, you'll find areas in which you can be successful. Mm -hmm. So basically, so that's one of our. That's one of our things. I apologize for interrupting you. What we, what we say is our, our mission at Thrive is to move people to their better life. And, um, and what we do in which to help them move to their better life is we simplify and clarify home buying and selling because there's so much noise out there. There's just adds so much noise. If you strip all the noise away and you focus on what's important, you can make your buyers and sellers extremely successful. Yes, yes. So in a way, there are external conditions affecting the business, but you know that you have gotten strong foundations, which can uh, easily out, outcome, like overcome these difficulties. Yes. Yes. And uh, now that most of the home buying and selling process have started online, right? People are searching mm -hmm. for homes on Google, uh, the Instagram ads pop up. So what are your ways of taking advantage of the online era? I have to give it up to my, my managing broker and my business partner, Dave Ness. He saw the trend happening before many other people did. And he, when Zillow first started, he was one of the first individuals who bought a zip code, who started paying for leads from Zillow. Somebody called him. He was like, he was a single agent at the time. And he said, I'll give it a shot, whatever, you know, I'll just try it and pay a couple hundred bucks. 
and he got a lead and he took that lead and he closed it and his whole world was opened up. And he said, this is the future. This is where the world is going. And ever since then, he has been a large proponent of online leads. And that is how I have built my entire business. That is how we have taken Thrive from being a, a single a single operation with just himself and his assistant uh, transaction coordinator to right now we have, I believe, more or less 50 real estate advisors in seven years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's all been through realizing that the world has changed and what the online lead generation companies have provided, Google's, Zillow's, Realtor.com's, uh, whatever it may be, it's provided access and information to the general population, which they deserve and they, and they needed. And what they still need, which we believe is a real estate advisor to help them through the process. Mm -hmm. We feel that uh, in, in, in the coming years that there undeniably will be a removal of agents who are not providing true value. They just mm -hmm. won't be able to compete. Mm -hmm. But as the industry gets elevated up and there are more people out there illustrating real true value and, and comprehension of the market and putting their clients in front of their commissions, when people start to experience that and see that, they're going to gravitate towards the best and there are going to be a lot of people that are just not going to be able to make it anymore. Mm -hmm. So you have started online before anybody did? And you are still continuing to to uh, hold up the online trends and keep growing in that way. Is that correct? Absolutely. We we have experienced it. We know it. We believe in it. And the greatest thing is, this is what I think a lot of people don't understand about the online uh, lead world, is that uh, it is a way of stacking your database. What, the way that we look at it from Thrive is that we want you on leads for probably three to four years and get the repetition, get the opportunities and, and really blow away your clients. Get them so that they're so excited to work with you so that they tell all of their friends and all of their families uh, that you need to work with Katarina Miller from mm -hmm. Thrive Real Estate. Mm -hmm. And if you utilize the online leads, which are expensive, Either you're paying out of pocket for them or they're, they're taking part of the commission. That's expensive. If you do one deal with that individual, it's too expensive to do it this way. Mm -hmm. But if you take that one individual and you turn them into three, four, six, 10 mm -hmm. other different opportunities over the next five years, mm -hmm. it's a no brainer. It's, it makes so much financial sense, but you got to be in it for the long haul. You can't be in it for the short term. You can't, it won't, it'll, it's too expensive. Totally, totally. And uh, with, the, with that answer, my next question to you is about uh, the marketing or anything else you would like to invest in, okay? So if you had $10,000 extra on your budget, okay, how would you like to spend it, uh, whether on previous plans, new leads, where would you like to spend it at this point in your business? At this point in my business with um, $10,000, <sighs> I would spend it on client retention. I would mm -hmm. spend it on all those incredible clients that have done so much for me over, over my career. 
because I, I look back and there are some that are that are lovely friends that we have barbecues together. And there are some that have legitimately told me, hey, Kev, you're a really nice guy. I love you, but we're not going to hang out. And I'm like, no awesome. <laughs> but, but they've always said, I'll send everybody to you because you took such good care of me and I really respect you. So those are the individuals that I want to spend, spend that type of money on. I want to uh, have events for them, you know, uh, send them more wine, send them more, um, you know, gift cards or whatever else. I might send them flowers. I don't care. But I, I love my clients that I have built up over the last seven years. And they've been so important to me for getting me off of online leads and now getting me into repeats and referrals for, you know, hopefully the rest of them. They're, they're just lovely, golden, wonderful people to me. And I adore them. And that's this person speaking with 14 years of experience in hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fortunate. My friend. I'm pretty fortunate. Yeah. yeah. So, Kevin, please tell us about your favorite quotation. What is your favorite quote? Ooh, um, gosh, that's a great one. I've got a couple of favorites. Um, let's see. Um, one of my favorite quotes is one right now from Jocko Willink. I know a lot of people are are really have paid attention to his his incredible books, Extreme Ownership and and uh, the Dichotomy of, of Leadership and whatnot. He's he's such a quotable, massive, awesome big dude. And so uh, one of his favorite quotes that I've just seen just recently, and I've I've repeated it to my my team, is that a team that takes ownership of its problems will find solutions for those problems. And, I, and it's such a massively important aspect of real estate because we constantly are getting thrown curveballs, constantly are, are making mistakes. We call them incongruencies. And when, we, when somebody at, at Thrive makes a mistake or has an incongruency, we talk about it at the agency. We freely bring it up to say, I made this mistake learn from it so we can all learn together. And I love Jocko's, when a team takes ownership of its problems, it will find a solution for those problems. So that is that is one of my favorite quotes of all time, uh, or one of my newest favorite quotes. One of my favorite quotes from um, all time is a quote from my grandmother. Uh, Don't blow it in the end. <laughs> I, I I love that, and I think every real estate agent should know that. Like you've worked so hard with these clients, and maybe you're at the closing or getting close to the closing. Don't blow it. Don't blow it at the end. Like go off on a high note with them. Take care of them. Make sure that they love uh, love working with you, and 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 don't blow it in the end. That's my grandmother telling me that. Uh, so I'll I'll leave it at that. Don't blow up in the end. <laughs> Don't blow up in the end. Don't blow up in the end. Got to go out on the high note. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you were to ever write a book about your life, okay, Kevin, as we've already mm. talked about a few books, what would be the name of a book by Kevin Shelley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, uh... Mostly it could be that about is, your life, uh, your experiences, your story. I would say, um, you know, the way, when I look back on my life, um, I will say that uh, 
I've, I've, I have been given so much. Like I come from like a, a quintessential background. My, my family is, is amazing. My mom and dad still together. I've got an incredibly awesome, supportive older brother. I have been so fortunate in, in where I have started. Um, so I, I suppose like, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. My wife and I talk about oftentimes like two fish swimming towards one another. And one fish says, so how's the water? And the other fish says, what's water? Because this fish doesn't know that it's swimming in water. It's always been surrounded by this water its whole life. It doesn't know any different. It doesn't know land. It doesn't know air. It only knows water it's been surrounded by. And I would say that for me in my life, I have been surrounded by this incredible water my whole life. And, and I've been so fortunate from it. And I, I hope that when I get a look back, I get it as one of your first questions is, I, I want to say that I started off with this incredible um, foundation and I did something with it. Mm-hmm. I hope that helps. I don't know if it answers your yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you have not thought an, of an exact book name, but you know where the idea goes here. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So please tell us final question. Where can the listeners find you online? Are you available on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Please tell us. Facebook is really where I am only. Uh, I am very lousy at online social media. I am, it's not something that uh, has been a focus of, of mine. It is something that I am working with my team and we're working on that. But if anybody wants to find me, you're more than welcome to find me on Facebook and uh, send me a note there or just go to my website, which is kevinshelody.com. And that's my real estate website. You can always reach me through that. And, uh, and you can find out probably more than you want to know. About <laughs> yeah, so do reach out to him, guys. He's a wonderful person. And that was today's episode of the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much, Kevin, for being on the show. Karen, you're so kind. Thanks for having me on. This is very, very nice. Thank you so much again. It was a pleasure. I am your host, Kiran Agrar, signing off. You guys have a wonderful day. Bye, guys.